topic is uh, trying to be our best in the situation of challenging relationships. And no one should think that this is going to be a uh, quick fix for that kind of situation, but hopefully at least somewhat helpful, or at least to start in that process. So just to uh, sort of give some context, uh, we have halacha in the Rambam. Um, someone who you have a relationship with, any person, acts towards you, um, simply would be on a single occasion, but it could even be if something is ongoing, in a way that's hurtful to you, calls it kishayechte ish leish, um, hurting you in some way, acting in a way that's painful. There's a way to approach that. And in fact, it's a mitzvah of the Torah. All we imagine is the best way to approach a situation where someone has done something, said something, or relating to us in a way that's painful to us. Of course, we should speak to the person. Ask them what it's all about. Of course, in a manner that uh, gives them the benefit of the doubt that may have been essentially unintentional, or maybe there was complete misunderstanding, or even if they failed, that they will be willing to take responsibility and sincerely apologize. And the Rambam says that this effort to go to speak to the person and ask them why they did that, what it's all about, is actually a mitzvah of ocheach to ocheach asamisecha. So when we do that, we have to have a mind. I don't know if uh, the mitzvah is contingent on that, but it would be kedai to have a mind. Are we also going to have in mind that we should be Are we also going to have in mind, Rabin, are we also going to have the mind of the Lossisal al part of that? Absolutely. Definitely should be the most respectful. And, uh, or not at all. Or not at all. Supportive fashion. Rama later discusses about how to speak to somebody when they're having their own personal failure in Torah mitzvot, how you only care for them, you want them to have Olam Haba, there shouldn't be any time against them, and it connects these two, so obviously it should be done in the most uh, respectful and gentle and caring manner, and essentially because you want that there should be a good mutual understanding and true caring for one another. And the expectation is that the person will apologize. Other Rishayim spell out on this Pasuk, in Pasha's Kedoshim, that they may, you may be able to explain there was a misunderstanding and really, there really was nothing wrong at all, or not what I thought. Okay, that's the ideal situation. Um, of course, in, in, in that context, we should talk about our feelings, how we felt when they did or said or didn't do what we needed from them. And uh, if they apologize sincerely, the Ambam says we should accept it, we should believe it, and give them the chance to try to be better in the future. And so we should also explain to them what we need from them. It would be reasonable to 
explain what we need in a positive sense. This is this is purely Ben Adam Lachavero you're talking here. Yes. So why is why the Rambam just saying, aren't you just be Michael? Like, what do you have to explain anything for? If you're the one who was hurt, so be Michael and get be on your way. And you're saying as part of that. This, that that seems to be a secondary step. It's not really Nagea. The Rambam second parak talks about being being you know you know what you need for different uh, various that you do and the one you have to go and ask Mechila for it. That's on the the guy who did the offense. As the one who is offended, Mamela, you have to be Michael. It's a whole other level. Right. It seems like there are two forms of There is one to try to help the person in terms of his own mitzvah observance. And then there's the Ochech Tochiach as it applies between me and him in the Benam Lachaveru way. And somehow they are both contained in the same pasuk. But that's for a different topic. If anybody knows how to explain how we see these two concepts from the same pasuk. But that's, that we're not trying to uh, get involved with right now. Just trying to sort of set the stage. So all this is quite understandable. It's quite amazing. It's considered a mitzvah of the Torah. And we could see how in, in where things are essentially in the good state of affairs that it's possible. I once had experience in yeshiva. I was relating to one of the Talmudim in a pretty unfriendly kind of way without, really, without being fully aware of it. It brought to my attention. I'm, 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 Rabbi, I'm, I'm, I appreciate that very much. It wasn't, um, it was, it wasn't me? <laughs> no, actually it was not you. Um, and he did a very good job of pointing it out to me. And I realized he was right. I realized uh, where it was coming from and why it was a misunderstanding on my part. And after that, things, Baruch Hashem, got um, quite good. So wherever we can take this approach, of course, we should. And it's the midst of the Torah. This is not a situation of a challenging relationship. This is a relationship because people are prone to, as imperfect beings, to mess up, to fail, to overlook, to forget, to be insensitive, to succumb to other forces within them, and at times not do the right thing or do something wrong towards another person. But if it's possible to speak to one another, come to an understanding and uh, proceed forward, trying to be better, then, as Hashem, things can be good. How do we define being in a challenging relationship? Now, of course, when this is not possible, even if um, things are not horrific, but if, if it's this kind of situation where I can't bring the other person to their awareness, the fact that they may have been hurtful, insensitive, overlooking something. They're not able to hear that and receive that. I think that's an indication that we're in a challenging relationship. That would be a clear indication. To define it though, to give more of a definition I think we can use the homo salvamos that we learned before together, where it defines obviously essential mitzvah, obviously Israel, 
with the mushal of the travelers who are in this very challenging situation. And the only way that they could all pull through successfully is if they will forge a true unit and become a real team, one for all, all for one, where everyone wants everyone to be cared for. And they're able to make a plan together that will be for the best benefits of all the members of the group. When they can all contribute to creating a real team, then they have a what it takes. They have the substance, they have the qualities of a good relationship. Where that's not possible, because there's too much of the individual's needs that are overwhelming them and don't allow for that kind of openness and self-awareness and viewing the other members as part or other single member as part of one unit and one team together where the goal could be that the needs of both or all should be cared for as best as they can do together. That I think is sufficient to be defining the situation as being in a challenging relationship. And the truth of the matter is that it could be quite an achievement to even come to realize this in many aspects of life because it's really very important to us able to have the, at least the potential, it may take work to achieve a real team, real good team uh, identity, that we're really working together, but to come to an awareness that the way things stand right now, this is not within reach, this is a very hard thing to accept as our reality. It's very easy to be in denial. But it's not Kedai to be in denial about it. Because when we deny that we're facing a certain challenge, we certainly can't address it because we don't accept the fact that it exists. So we just keep on doing the same things and hoping that everything will go as we would like until the next disaster comes along and um, things are now working out in a very big way. So we're much better off living in full reality of the awareness that we may be facing the challenge of a very challenging relationship. And as we mentioned in the previous Chabura, hopefully what can help us to realize it and accept it is the recognition of another aspect of reality, knowing, understanding, knowing the truth of having the clarity of the fact that the real definition of our existence in this form, in this world, is not for the mere present success and good enjoyment that can be provided for us purely here and now, but essentially the definition of our life here is as a means of growing personally, spiritually, of bringing the full 
innate spiritual potential that we have into actuality, and that is only accomplished by facing the challenges that are precisely measured out and delivered to us exactly as our neshama needs. So, Rabin, can I ask a question? Almost. Can you give me, give me uh, two seconds? So if we are in a situation that carries with it a significant challenge, we do not have to be in denial about it. We can embrace it with the knowledge that this is what has been perfectly designed for our spiritual achievements, and it's okay. It may be quite a, um, a feeling of loss of what we had expected, hoped, assumed, imagined, but nevertheless, we can trust Hashem that He is giving us what we need and we can embrace that reality as being good. Go ahead, Jack. Um, I, re- I definitely remember having a conversation with, with Rebben one time mm-hmm. about uh, this topic and about arguing on the first point that Rebbe made about there being, you know, like in order to get to the point where you know what you have wrong or not wrong, whatever midos need to be fixed, whatever you've wronged somebody, and that, um, that I, I had brought out that if you're a person who is needs to be validated all the time and therefore can't handle that forever your life, I remember the example I gave you, that your whole life you've been going around picking your notes in an unhealthy way and nobody ever told you because you wouldn't be able to handle it. And then at some point, you finally get a chaver who's good enough to tell you. He tells you, but you don't believe him anymore because, like, you went through your whole life without anybody telling you that you had your nose, you know, you're picking your nose in public. You just don't even believe it. And so the, the whole reality of what you're facing as any potential uh, thing that needs to get fixed up and, and or otherwise it needs to get fixed is all, on, is all on the level of where you're holding you know, can I get your chaverim or rabim? Because anything else, you're never going to get out of that rut of not knowing anything. Um, I'm not clear on the question. I'm just saying that, that the Rebbe is saying that in order to get to the op, to, 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 to get to a, a place, it would be the best thing to get to a place where you know what you're supposed to fix or not supposed to fix. And you can only fix it. The only I don't even know how to. I don't remember the exact words. I can't roll back the tape right now. The exact words that Ravi said, but it, it would seem to me that if people aren't going to um, know where they're holding in actuality, then because they just get stuck, they get stuck in the they get stuck in what they what they know, and as opposed to what they don't know then that's all they can fix. They can only fix what they know. They can never fix what they don't know, and most people are not going to get past that point. Uh, yeah, it may be quite common. It may be quite common for um, people to have this limitation of not being open to hear where there could be some room for their improvements, um, even of a significant fashion. Um, even when it's presented, in a very respectful and sincere way. It may be quite common that people are just not able or willing 
you're overwhelmed by the, the same powerful forces that cause the not such good behavior is also blocking the capacity for awareness of it. So it's quite, um, quite common that people find themselves in challenging relationships. Very often it could be both sides. I guess, you know, I'm taking the approach here that uh, since we're coming to this Chabura, we're trying to be open to hear where we could benefit from some inputs and how to improve ourselves as best we could. And um, maybe even the fact that we may notice this, this uh, challenge in other people can help us recognize it in ourselves, you know, as opposed to um, assuming that, you know, we are totally okay, and only other people that we see around us have the problem, we'll be able to turn the microscope on ourselves as well and say, oh, maybe at least some of this I also suffer from in some matter, shape, or form. Like Bishol says, we shouldn't get too upset at people that resist the Indian of Limit Musr, because um, even by us, the Sikhlos is overpowering in many areas. So, we don't mean to like take the approach of oh, we're all, you know, 100% okay and we're not suffering from anything that's being described here. We just mean to say that we're trying to discover it as much as we can. But in the meantime, we have to go by what we see and there's levels and levels, you know. There could be someone who is somewhat blocked from seeing where he's deficient. And there can be someone who's very blocked, who's very resistant, who, who creates an entire persona that makes it impossible to come to speak to him. That's, um, you know, much more difficult and challenging situation. So the next question would be, um, you know, I, I, or next ingredient I would say is, to realize that this type of behavior, like all behavior, has a cause. It's not that somebody uh, um, premeditatedly sits down to decide, oh, I want to undertake a mode of, of relating to people where I cannot allow anybody to come and point something out to me, to share with me what they need, to show me where I may have failed them, somehow acted, spoken the wrong way, and thereby not be able to have a good relationship with somebody, and not choosing that in some kind of a sinister fashion. There are some powerful force or forces within the person that is the inner fundamental cause for that behavior. And um, I think that's helpful because again, it makes it, enables us to be more understanding of the situation as opposed to just seeing the external effect, external behavior, to able to see that there's something going on behind the scenes that makes us able to deal with it much better. Um, I don't know if I want to give any examples yet, so I'll hold with that. The next step would be 
trying to understand a little bit what is most commonly the cause of those behaviors that creates the situation of a challenging relationship. What is it that is blocking people from being able to have that openness, that receptivity? So I believe that most commonly it's coming from some form of significant weakness or very great pain or fear or shame as we heard about on Tishaba or all of the above where the person's needs for their own emotional stability are so powerful and push in directions that are very um, sometimes seemingly irrational. But once we understand how those powerful inner forces can produce the behavior, it becomes quite understandable. Uh, by definition, when it operates within the person, it's um, pretty certain that they're not aware of what it is that's driving them because that's why it's so effective. They really can buy into whatever behavior they're using. Uh, we'll try to give some examples, um, just as examples, but it's only because there's some conscious justification, explanation of why it's warranted that it's able to work because if we would realize that's really coming from those uh, very powerful emotional weaknesses, needs, deficiencies, then we wouldn't be able to be so effective anymore because we know what it's really all about. So you're essentially dealing with a situation where the, the, the underlying cause is quite deeply buried it has to be hidden from the person to be able to work, but nevertheless can produce some very powerful results. Anybody here heard of the work of John Sarna? He wrote about how many times the person suffers physical pain that the body somehow produces to mask the emotional pain. That's what is the real cause of the person's suffering. The emotional pain is even more difficult to deal with. And somehow the body has the power to um, somehow engender, uh, or the person has the power to engender physical pain as essentially masking the emotional pain. So in a similar way, maybe a Kalvachomer, a person can adopt underlying attitudes. Sometimes those also are very deeply buried to, to mask and protect the person from the awareness of the really critical underlying severe problem. Now this is also a very difficult thing to come to grips with because um, it's quite... Uh, painful to realize that somebody who is a very important person in our life, whether it's a, uh, a friend, 
our Rebbe, a business partner, our spouse, a child, you name it, is someone who has very significant weakness and emotional challenges. It could be producing the behavior that prevents the best form of relationship. I think I should spell out, because it's very important to clarify this, that that kind of a relationship of good teamwork does not mean everyone is the same, doing the same job, doing the same role, or, you know, so to speak, on par, so to speak, with one another. You can have in a team a coach. Who is the coach? He, has, he is the one who must be the leader. But nevertheless, he's the one with the team. The Rambam talks about, by the, by the, uh, the mission of Teil HaChover, the, the peak level of friendship where they're striving. I want to be helped by one another to reach the Taiv. And he says, this is like the love of a Rebbe for a Talmud and Talmud for a Rebbe. So he gives us the mashal for the closest of two Chaveirim, the love of Talmud and Rebbe. After all, a Rebbe is still the Rebbe. There's no mistaking the role. There's no confusion of roles there. But there could still be a closeness that they are working together, that they want to be helped by each other, that there's a real oneness between them while the Rebbe still remains the Rebbe. My uncle, my father's second marriage, the speaker Rebbe of Hashel, said he wants to be part of a Chabura of Erlech He was exhorting his Hasidim to be Erlech true good Jews. He said he needs to be part of a Chabura of Erlech <laughs> He's still going to be the Rebbe. There was no question he was the Rebbe, near the Hasidim. But he says, I need to be part of a Chabura of Erlech so that kind of a oneness can exist together with the Rebbe being the Rebbe, the Rebbe being the Rebbe, the parent being the parent, but there could still be a real togetherness. So just to touch on a few of the sort of common uh, manifestations of where the emotional challenge plays out that's makes the relationship very challenged. Besides what we mentioned about the lack of receptivity, there could be, of course, um, the need to control. That's giving a person a sense of power. Again, if they're underlying feeling very weak, then this could be a, uh, a pseudo power. Of course, all the superficial attempts don't really work because they're not addressing the real core issue, as we heard about. But this is what can happen. There could be um, someone who's constantly criticizing. On the conscious level, they believe that they're being very helpful. The other person needs to be corrected. They need to be corrected very strongly. They could think it's very virtuous, but it's very damaging to the relationship. Um, it could be a fear of being rejected that causes the person to keep someone at a distance to prevent the closeness because if they get close to me and find out who I really am, they're for sure going to reject me. Of course, this is all unaware. 
to the person conscious level. So they think that's all that criticism or all that aloofness or absenteeism is um, warranted for some good reason. But really it's just an attempt to stay distant out of fear of being rejected. Of course, there could be, as we talked about in the past, competition at every level or in every situation. I could, I could see every conversation as a means of a competition to be the winner and to win the argument. That's very different than a good, honest, open, sincere exchange of ideas where each one is eager to hear what somebody can share with them, even if they are very far apart. There could be uh, extreme vulnerability where any disagreement is experienced as crushing negation. Where if I'm told that I'm wrong, it means that's totally worthless because, and, and therefore will be considered like an attack and justify a attack back because the person is so, so vulnerable when someone expresses a view that's different than theirs. There could be taking on an entire personality form of being a victim, seeing yourself as not everybody, many people, or even one person is out to get me. So I have to defend myself because I'm under constant attack. That could also be taking place in the unconscious. You want to see like, you know, how many levels there could be. You could read John Bradshaw and Shane, and you see talking about a level, the top level of protection against that underlying real cause of everything. And I think there's an aspect that applies to the parents specifically, which is not quite as frightening in a way, it's really very good that there's a very powerful parental need to have interaction and connection with their child. But sometimes it drives very uh, unproductive kind of interaction. But the essential need is a good one. The parents has a tremendous need to be connected to their child and be involved in their life. So sometimes they don't know how to uh, carry it out in a productive way. Maybe there isn't any easy way how to have a very powerful interaction and have to be sort of accepting of a more mild and a less intense kind of a relationship. Now I'll be really the best for everybody. Um, years and years, every Friday night, about whether or not the Chavetz Chaim Derech is a crazy Derech or not. <laughs> After many years, he went to speak to the Rosh Hashiva. The Rosh Hashiva called me in, and he gave me a, a, a thought about what he think, thought it was coming from. But uh, after some thoughts and after many years, I have the, the, the sneaking belief that this was really what it was really all about. A very powerful parental desire to be interacting with their child. But uh, like I say, sometimes it comes out 
and things that do more harm than good, or at least no good. So um, where does that leave us? Um, all I could suggest is no, no simple solutions, but at the very least, if we can have this recognition, this understanding, this possibility that somebody's behavior is coming from a starting point of really great pain, great need, great fear that is not of their making, then at least we can have some compassion. We could have, we could try to have empathy. We could try to, like Shlemy talked about, try to put ourselves into that mindset and that heart set. Imagine living in a constant state of feeling threatened, feeling put down, needing to put somebody else down to counteract my feeling down or having been or being put down. It can be very, very painful. It can be quite understandable when behavior plays out the way it does. Like I say, it can be a very hard thing to have to surrender the idealized view, the Hollywood version of you that we had for somebody who is an important person in our life. We want to look at them as, oh, just good and wonderful and perfect in every way. That's what Hollywood taught us, how to view the important people in our life, that they're just perfect. In the Sheikh Brochus uh, speeches, you hear how the chas and the kala are shalem in every midah. <laughs> what I heard at some Sheikh Brochus was like, you know, no godel could measure up to what was said about that chas. So obviously, there's a need for exaggerated view of a positivity that may also be coming from that need that I need to latch on to somebody, be connected to somebody, at least be married to somebody who is so great and so wonderful and so perfect and is going to take such total care of me. But that is not the reality. The hope for reality is someone that I can make a team with and we could both be caring for the needs of the group, of the unit, of the one of the one entity that we are trying to create. But again, there are times where that is, where if we are honest, we can see that is clearly not possible, not readily available. In the meantime, the best we can do is try to understand what is happening in its real true sense. That could hopefully enable us to temper our reaction tailor our reaction, try to be relating to the person with the true cover that they are worthy of. With understanding that they are truly worthy of cover of their self, irrespective of any accomplishments, any great milers, any super abilities. I asked Rashivi once had a session in the sukkah, talking about the Shaduchim, Shiva said, if the basic Midas and Ashkafra is there and the conversation goes, then the Shidduch will work out. Unless there's something that bothers me, it could be any even a Mishigas, that's a blockage that could prevent it. But otherwise, 
longer the conversation goes, and the person has the basic qualities that you need to have, you know, the basic here, Shemayim, a basic proper scuffle. So I asked her, Shiva, do you need to see anything special about the person? Shiva said, no. I wasn't convinced. I had to ask a second time in the same session. Do you need to see anything special about the person? Again, Shiva said, no. That means that we don't really need to see anything special about the person. We can respect them just because they are yid. We have to apply to any Jew. Okay, we're not somewhat so much in the position, but because um, we should have it to some degree for every Jew. But at least the people that are interacting with, we could try to give them the covered of the true sense in a sincere fashion while having compassion. Does that mean that um, we have no way of response? Of course, there is a way of response, but it's not simple at all. I saw she even do it in action. <laughs> it was amazing. I don't know exactly what it was that Emerson was upset about, but he answered back very calmly, explaining, he answered the issue, he presented his side of it, but it was very calm, it was very benachas, as man irach. We could try to present our position with sensitivity, with comfort, like Chazal's praise Yehuda very greatly for speaking to Yosef while he preserved the covenant of Yosef, who was the Melech, he also showed clearly how Yosef was uh, at fault in this whole episode of Binyamin. So he presented the arguments in an absolutely incontrovertible manner. Yosef could not even maintain the charade anymore. But it was in a manner that I was preserving his covenant as a Melech. So if we have enough of a clarity, we'll have more ability to do our best when the situation is very challenging. Sounds like you need to be more than anything else. One, one, one last thought from Shlomo Kalbach. It shouldn't be in a manner of bitl of the person. I once heard a recording, Zev Shapiro, was in, she was a few years back, had a recording of a shear that he gave. On the on the mizmor of mizmor shir liyam hashabbos, and it says havul Hashem bnei elim chazal darshan al tikru bnei elim el bnei ilmin people that are mute that are are put down that are degraded and they don't respond. So he said, if you mavatel a person and say ah he's nobody is garnished, and I'm not giving kavod Hashem. Give cover to Hashem. All I'm giving cover to Hashem is that I accept this difficult experience with the Muna Bitachin. That this is something that Hashem knows I need to experience and struggle with and rise above. Two more items. Um, it's very Kedai not to look at things as all or nothing. Even if something can't be as good as we would like it to be, as good as we would think we need it to be, it could still be some level 
of interaction, of relationship that is still also worthwhile, even where it's a challenging situation. So it's good to look for that level, for that opportunity, for that time and place where things could be better and to sort of try to hop that as best we can without necessarily assuming that it's going to lead to more continuous upgrowth, upscale progression. And also it's very kedai for us to have the conviction and the understanding that, of course, we can only control our own part. But if we do the best that we could do in a given situation, then we should be sameach with that. We should value that. We should appreciate that. We should be able to feel good about ourselves that we are doing our part, if we are doing our part, as best as we can or trying to get close to as best as we can, even if we cannot bring about on our own the fully, truly desired end result. I think that's it for the presentation tonight. And any additions are most welcome. It sounds like you have two different basic angles here. One is out um, yourself and your own midos, and one is out to interaction, which is basically just a diplomatic game, which some are better than others. I'll say tongue in cheek. Mm. Could you tell me more what you mean by a diplomatic game? I heard a certain Roshiva of a place called Zechariah once say about somebody else that the person knows exactly what needs to get done and the way to do it and has no idea how to communicate it. And those were his words, quote unquote, about somebody um, and so you can say that that individual needs assistance in communicating even if he knows what needs to get done he knows who, what has to be said he has no idea how to do it it says to dinim there's the dinim your own personal growth this is a me that I need to work on or I don't need to work on the me that I know that the other person needs to work on this is a interaction that wasn't good for whatever reason. It was good for whatever reason. But if you don't have the Yehuda diplomatic skills to talk to a Yosef, and there, were, there were 10 other brothers there, I'll have you know, or nine to be precise, because one was in prison. Mm-hmm. But there were, there were nine other brothers there, and they didn't get this shvach. So don't... That's a diplomatic skill. Yes. That's... I don't view that as being a anybody can just achieve it and you can have it. So, and so I'll share. I'll, I'll you, share go to, you go to shrink school and you become a shrink, as I've mentioned to Rebbe also. I don't believe that that's how it works. You're either good or you're not good, and the school will do something, but not much. So let, let me tell you the rest of the story with the Roshiva and my father. After my father spoke to the Roshiva, Roshiva is called this me. The, is, this, is this the one with the Truva from Moshe or a different one? No, a different one. <laughs> Nice. But that was all part of the same, you know, dynamic. But uh, Shiva said to me, he thinks that my father feels 
that I don't respect him for his lumbness. That was like out of the clear blue because I was definitely not aware in my own mind of having that mindset. Um, nor was there any indication in any of the conversations of my father being upset about that or objecting to that. And yet the Shiva was suggesting that maybe this is really underlying the whole thing, which if it was true, I could be very sort of forgiving for my father wanting to be respected for his lumbness and forgiving of myself after, after having learned by the Rashiva, not being able to respect so many people by comparison for their lumbness. Not that I was like overtly degrading it, but to able to have a real respect for somebody for their lumbness after you know seeing Rashiva would be understandably very difficult. Um, what I took out of it was that the need for a person to be respected for their lumbness is a very great need. I'm not sure that was the case, actually, like I mentioned before. But the fact of the matter is, after I heard that, um, I was able to be much sort of uh, relaxed and calm and able to divert the conversation, add in some humor. In other words, I realized that it wasn't an attack on me and my yeshiva, was because there was something that my father wasn't pain about and I was able to be compassionate for that and not take the attacks personally because they weren't really really all about me and my yeshiva that was just the the vehicle for it and the same thing is true according to my theory that it was just a way of interacting if I would have known that I would be able to also be much more relaxed about it not have to fight back and understand that this is where it's coming from and you know be sort of forgiving for it again doesn't mean that you know you have to be a doormat i would hopefully be able to try to point out she's not totally bad she's not totally crazy yeah maybe it's not perfect it has some mileage has some chesrightness no um, Maybe the conversation could have still gone on. Maybe it would have been a little bit more relaxed. I don't know. But the mere fact that I would not have been threatened anymore by it would have made it much easier, as it did make it much easier, according to the Rashiva's explanation. So when we are no longer personally threatened, because we know where the other person is coming from, even though it may be very uncomfortable, um, at least it's a little bit easier. Um, it sounds like the flip side of an Arya Goldman session. But I'm, I'm wondering, in all honesty, I'm thinking in my own mind that, you know, I, I don't want to be giving false hope for a situation where someone is really putting us down in a very forceful way. If you are like, if there's real uh, verbal abuse of one form or another, um, it's, it's, very, it's a very hard thing, even when you have a good explanation of where it's coming from. Unless you could see it with the clarity, like a B'chaim Moise. Anybody remember the B'chaim Moise story? When he was very uh, verbally abused by somebody? 
okay, because it's Kedai de There was a fellow who came to Rebbe Moiser and he asked Rebbe Moiser to help his father get a certain position. And Rebbe Moiser said he's very sorry, he cannot be helpful in this regard. And the person was uh, pressuring more and more and Rebbe Moiser was repeated, he's very sorry, he cannot help him in this. And the person got really agitated and very abusive and was speaking to Bukhai Moriz in a grossly disrespectful manner to be nice about it. To the point that when he finally was finished his tirade and he left, the people there were like amazed that Bukhai Moriz was able to stay so calm and not affected in the slightest by this person's barrage of a, of a criticism and abuse to the God Lador. Bahai Moiser said to them, don't you understand what's going on over here? The, the son sees his father is getting older and weaker. That's why he's not fit for that position. It's very painful to him to see this to see how his father is getting older and weaker. So of course I could not be upset at him when he is just letting out all that pain on me. So when you see with full clarity into the depth of the person, then of course Bukhari Moiz had plenty else of what to draw upon not to be a overly hurt by somebody's uh, bad language towards him. He was who he was, and he was quite okay with it. <laughs> the, probably not even contingent on his great godless entire, just his awareness of the godless of every youth. And he had that in a very good way. So that could not be touched by anybody's lack of respect to him. But we are weaker, it's only understandable when we are touched when somebody is very harsh towards us. So, but even there, there is a need to try to explain. I remember many sessions with the Rashiva. The guys are screaming, screaming at the Rashiva. The Rashiva responses, no, it's not like that. No, it's not like that. Just very calmly staying over this his position, saying what he holds. No, not like that. I remember one time the Shiva answering somebody with toughness. It was like stark. One time in about 20 years. <laughs> you know, going back for sessions in you know, the close to my years. 15, 16, whatever. One time seeing the Shiva respond with, with toughness. I guess he held the person needed it. Let's hope it helped. But, uh, <laughs> and I can handle that, of course, because generally, you know, that was totally out of character. But we're yelling and screaming, and she was staying calm. So, this is a very great Givura, Izeo Gibor, That's the peak Givura person is supposed to be mishalel if he's able to achieve that gevura the rab says gevura that's the gevura of haskil v'yadeh oisi 
that kind of gavura the Rav says and Tzitzit explains in the first mission, the fourth paragraph of us, the person should feel the covered of himself that he has such gavura. Should feel the praiseworthiness is able to accomplish that. So uh, definitely have what to strive for. Let's hope we have many years to uh, continue that pursuit. I hope that's somewhat helpful, Yaakov. Not at all. <laughs> oh, no. Well, at I least I was able to, to well, you said it nicely, so it's okay. Stop laughing, Simcha. <laughs> <laughs> we're, laughing, we're, we're laughing with you, not at you. Yes, go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes, loud and clear. Okay, I'm still trying to figure out the system. I'm kind of new at the, at the scene over here. Okay. On a very practical level, I think... And you mentioned a little bit in terms of vulnerability. Shlomi mentioned in his Tisha presentation, being vulnerable to your spouse, like super vulnerable, being like, it's like a Milo. Can you, like, is that a good thing? It's something we should strive for to be super, like, open and vulnerable um, and have, like, feeling. I'm not, so, I'm not sure because we have to know how much a person is ready for. Um, the Rashiva told us that his father took the Talmidim to see the Agudas Rabbonim, the gatherings, so they could see the human side of the leading people in the generation. So that when they go out of Yeshiva, they wouldn't be devastated to discover, they discover that the idol has feet of clay. You know what that means? He showed them that there's politics, that there are things that are not all, you know, for the Godel books going on. The stuff that got into making of a Godel, but not into the typical Godel books. So he showed them this. The Shiva said, I can't do that with you guys, because if you see that a Godel has any chesaron, he's already ice Godel. Okay, so at one point, for those who feel that way, not, whoever that may be, how do you matter to that? See, now, of course, this is not an absolute cloud to say, okay, nobody's ever allowed to find out any shortcoming about any Rebbe, because then it'll be devastated. It's not even, it's not even possible. And I don't know if in today's generation that applies anymore, because it's really very hard to, you know, not be aware. But the concept is a valid concept that we have to know what somebody is ready for that they could be able to hear and be accepting of. So it's always good to go gradually and see what happens. Take, take baby steps and see if somebody is able to be supportive, understanding, but not freaking out. Okay, that's good. Um, you, uh, another measurement some degree is, can they reciprocate? Can they also share something of themselves? Can, can we be supportive of them? Can they share something? Or will we, are we afraid to lose our respect for another person if we'll find out that they're not who we imagine them to be? Or who we assume, about? Okay, like, entitled every good 
have the good benefit of the doubt. Will we, are we afraid? Do we need to see something special? That the Rashiva said, you don't need it. <laughs> but I assume that I did need it. So I hope the Shiva was correct for all of us. <laughs> now we're going to you know, a further extent. Not just not seeing something special, seeing some, some shortcoming. Now, can we really be oblivious to it? If you really want to, you can be oblivious to it. You could blame yourself and you could somehow deny reality. I'm advocating that we somehow accomplish not to deny reality, recognize that there are very powerful forces that produce sometimes very irrational behavior, very counterproductive behavior, that nevertheless, that does not have to be a negation of the person. Um, and we should try to proceed in the context of reality with the best seichel, the best sensitivity, the best empathy that we can. Sometimes it's hard if we can't be false, but we can't be for the other person what they want from us. That's where it gets very difficult. So I don't have a, a suggestion for that right now, for sure, or who knows if ever, but definitely not right now. Pashtus is, it's always better to be closer to MS and as least possible pretending. Even though we find the concept of but the more truthful we are, the better it is because then we don't have to give answers of why we were acting or speaking falsely when we get caught. Nakadai to count on being a good Hollywood actor all life long. Just not sustainable. I appreciate the smile, Simcha. Okay. You're allowed to take some time to think. When I was in Philadelphia Yeshiva, I, I heard that some um, guys would come to speak to value and learning. It wasn't rapid fire back and forth. Talmudim would say, present the chalusa pair, which would present something. He would think about it. He would say something. He would let, let them think about it. I can't keep Ben up all night over here, but no, just because we have a pause does not mean that I'm shutting it down. But if everyone is ready to pause, then it's definitely okay. I'm going to take the cue from you, Rabbi Say. It's a, it's a special pleasure and zuchus to be together and share some ideas. And um, I sincerely count on any and all feedback of what, after maybe thinking over a little bit, sounds like it makes sense to you and what sounds like it doesn't make sense to you. So uh, everyone's invited to uh, call me up and either 
support me or blast me. It's all good. <laughs> okay, that's not just for shtick. I'll divide to get some reaction, you know. <laughs> the opposite yeah, of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifference. So can you just share, like, what would, let's say a person either it was Maharan, like something, you wanted to do something wrong? Or... No, you're off the air. You're off the air. Oh. I didn't hear you. Now you're, now you're back. You hear me? Now, now yeah. better, yes. Can you, can, can you share a, a, a toella as, as to what, what benefit would there be to share with your spouse? Something you did wrong or something you're struggling with? What, what would be a, a toella in that? If, if, they're gonna, um, if, if there's definitely going to be a loss of respect, on the other hand, what? But, but there's, you're building a relationship. She, she, after you're explaining yourself, she'll, even though she, in a vacuum, maybe like okay, in the long term, maybe there'll be a respect. Like, I'll, I, I just, I'll just share with you something that I heard from somebody who's, again, this is just a, a, a single situation is not meant to be absolute cloud applying to anybody and everybody. But I'll share with you something that I heard from somebody whose marriage was in a very difficult situation, Pertain, pertaining largely to the fact that he was not able to be open about what was going on in his life with his spouse. That was extremely stressful to him. That was also a product of things not being so good between them. They went to a very capable person for someone who is a Gottman-trained therapist. And it's good to know that they hold very strongly that people who do couples therapy without specific training for that is uh, essentially irresponsible because it needs specific training. In any case, this therapist insisted to him to be fully open which was extremely difficult and initially was extremely um, tumultuous. <laughs> it was not taken very well at first. It was very, very painful. But that was the starting point of things improving very significantly from what was described as very not good situation to the opposite side of the spectrum, to essentially quite a good situation. And he insisted on that openness. Now, it could be that it was possible to do it in the context of a skilled professional helping them and explaining of why it's necessary, why it's Kedai, what it's all about, what is contributing to it, course because the better the relationship that the couple have with each other the better they're positioned for all good behaviors and avoidance of all not good behaviors so you know not feeling good about yourself leads to bad things causes distance causes discomfort causes drawing away you know I can't be open so I can't be close everything connects so uh, in, in theory, in the concept, the, the best openness is ideal. But like I say, you may need the help of somebody who's um, very skilled.
Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. Okay, I guess we can pause here, Boisai. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Thank you, Rabbi. Love you all.